Hey fellow brain pickers, how would you like to get featured as a guest on multiple podcast shows like this one and get massive exposure? Getfeatured.media will get you featured on targeted shows. They'll design a custom bio page, pitch you to the hosts, schedule a time, prepare you for the shows and promote you so you get even more brand exposure. Head over to getfeatured.media to get major publicity for your brand. Welcome to the Can I Pick Your Brain podcast, where successful entrepreneurs get their brains picked so you can apply mindset tricks and game-changing tactics that will help you become unstoppable. Now, here's your host, Daniel Geffen. Hey, fellow brain pickers, and welcome to episode 83 of Can I Pick Your Brain? My guest today got fired from Facebook and lost $100 million, which is what his stock would have been worth today. He also lost $1.7 million worth of stock by walking away from his job at Mint.com. I would say he's probably lost more money than all the people I know combined, and yet he has become a huge success. In fact, he has built multiple products that have generated more than seven figures and has grown his email list to over 700,000 followers. Today, Noah Kagan is the chief sumo of sumo.com, which offers free tools to help grow website traffic. Oh, and by the way, he spent $1.5 million to buy the domain name. His blog, known as okdork.com, is where he shares his wild obsession with tacos and reveals what has worked for him in business and in life. Most recently, he's become the host of the Noah Kagan Presents podcast show, where he chats with other successful entrepreneurs. I've been a huge fan of Noah for a while and always look forward to receiving his witty yet highly enriching emails. Now, I didn't think I could do him justice with this intro, so I put together a short rap to give him the welcoming he deserves. He's a little bird of a joker, and his head looks like it was shaved with a mower, but he'll take you out of your self-induced coma. He lost it all and fell lower and lower before he rose to the top, and now he's got what to show for. So listen to his advice and he'll show you how to ignite your business like a grenade thrower. He may have got fired, but now he's the owner. Stop getting stuck, stop going slower. Pick up the pace and let me introduce to you the one, the only Noah. Noah, welcome to the show. Oh, and thanks for dog. letting me pick Thank your you. brain. Thank you, Daniel Gaffin. Woohoo, yeah, smoking. What's your, what, what's your rap name? I don't have a rap name. Well, you can, hey, you want to be a part of my rabbi crew? I'm a white British Jew in Israel. I have no chance of making it in the rap world. <laughs> not with that attitude. Ooh. Not with the, I hate when people, I, I, not hate. I just like when people right. say, I couldn't be that. You could be mm -hmm. a rapper. That's I mean, true. Eminem grew up in a trailer near the, tra like, railroad. I mean, and he, look how what he did. He did pretty well. <laughs> That's <laughs> It's ah, a perfect backstory. I'm not gonna look. I'm, I, no, I was gonna ask you to share your story about you know how you got fired from Facebook, but you've probably shared it to the death. So let's just do this. Why don't we just share with our listeners like where can they find that story about the you getting fired by from Facebook? I appreciate that. Not, yeah. uh, if you go to Amazon, it's totally free. I think except in a few foreign countries, it just search Noah Kagan. N-O-A-H-K-A-G-A-N and on Amazon it has a book that it goes through the story or on okdork.com I have a blog post. Mm -hmm. it, it's it's interesting as you were talking about it. Most people don't really brag and I don't I hope it doesn't come across as a brag about all the money they've lost. Uh -huh. uh, I think 
through my story what's been interesting because it, it did suck. It wasn't now it sounds, you know, it's it's easier 10 years later, uh, but it was very painful. And it's not that I'm unique with that. Everyone, right. every one of your listeners, including yourself, Daniel, like your rap music uh, <laughs> is going to have some problems. <laughs> you know, so everyone, I'm sure everyone listening today has something that today probably sucked. Maybe their coffee was bad. Their boss was a jerk. Their husband was mean. Their kid was this or <laughs> there's always something. And I think the point that I, I've tried to learn for myself and encourage others is like bad things are going to happen. That's inevitable. It's right. more how do we how do we learn from that and then make the future better for ourselves instead of looking around and complaining and blaming other people for the for things that go badly. Right. What was what was little Noah like? Like what were you like growing up? I'm pretty similar to what I was now. I think I was more weird. I was really <laughs> I was really happy how weird I was. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I spoke a lot before I thought through things. Mm-hmm. I was very impulsive. I was much more irrational and kind of a dictator. Mm-hmm. I think I also just gave a lot less f- about everybody else where right. I, I my the first thing that comes to mind i used to wear my boy scout uniform to school <laughs> and i would just wear it to school like once a week because i just thought it was cool and i would wow. wear purple shorts and i would dye my hair a bunch of colors that's hilarious and yeah it's interesting because some of the things one of the thoughts i've had in the past few months is just how anyone who's over you know 25 we we drink or we do all these things and really all you have to do is go back to kind of things you did in elementary or high school junior high, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And you can have a lot of fun. I think we forget a lot of the things that we used to enjoy and stop doing. So we used to just do poetry or we used to go bike riding or play tennis or some of these activities that were very innocent and pure. And I've just been revisiting that and it's been really fun. Like, has anything changed? So you're basically the same as you were when you were growing up. No, you haven't. <laughs> come on, man. Come on. Do me a favor. Like, there's, no, no, there's, I'm not saying I haven't changed. I, someone said it and I think it's really well is if someone says that you haven't changed, you're probably not growing. And mm-hmm. if you want to improve, you the change is a necessary factor of growth. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, that's been my experience. And so for me, I think the things that I've grown, I, that's what you're asking. Yeah. You know, and it's not even just about me. It's about what your audience can learn. I think what, what I've really learned overall in terms of myself and business is what do I want to improve on and focus on that? And what do I not want to improve on so that I can surround myself with people that are actually love doing those things? Right. And so those are two parts that I think I've done really well where I'm not the greatest at SEO for my website, or I'm not mm-hmm. the greatest at accounting. And so mm-hmm. let me go find people that are great at that, put them there. And then with myself, what aspects do I want to improve on? Uh, like a simple, here's a stupid one that's been funny lately is I've been doing a hundred dollar challenge. And so if I'm, I did this all of March. So if I was late by even a minute, I would donate a hundred dollars to that person's charity of choice. Oh, I like that. And I wanted to improve being on time, like exactly on time, not a minute mm-hmm. late. Like yours, I think I was a minute behind on this. I was very Two close, minutes. but I was like, shit. I think you Two owe me a hundred dollars. No, that was in March. I'm not doing the hundred dollars oh. anymore. <laughs> I spent like almost a thousand bucks. Uh, but the brilliant. point is that normally I would have told you 15 minutes behind or 10, mm-hmm. five minutes behind. And it doesn't seem like a lot, but it was just something I wanted to improve because mm-hmm. it's something that a friend of mine said, hey, you're kind of always late and I, and I don't want to be thought of as like that. And I don't want to be that. Yeah. Uh, but it's, so that was something I focused on, I worked on, and now I'm getting better at it. Mm-hmm. And other things, I've, I've done well accepting who I am and embracing it, where I think before I used to be, Noah, you're not good at this. And, and then I'd feel guilty about that. When mm-hmm. I don't think you have to. It's good to embrace the positive things about yourself and then support yourself with other people who can compliment you. I love the $100 thing because, you know, I've struggled with waking up on like early in the morning. Like I've, I hate waking up early. 
And the problem is, is when you've got a wife and like kids, it's it's kind of you're like a, you feel like a loser when your kids are going off to school and the dad daddy's still like sleeping in bed. Do you know what I mean? So I like had enough of of feeling like a loser, and so I basically now pay somebody to to wake me up. Like I'm not kidding. Like I, I have to meet them at a certain time, and and I literally pay them to do that. Um, and we how learned, much you pay them? I pay them a hundred shekels a day. So uh, is that like four bucks? No, it's what is it? Twenty bucks? I think it's twenty bucks. Oh, yeah. it's four shekels to the dollar. Yes, yeah, so yeah, it's 20, four shekels. So it's about it's twenty five. It's about twenty five dollars a day. Um, and and the point is, is that it worked. Like it's worked. I've been getting up now, um, uh, you know, before my kids go off to school, and it's literally changed my life. Like, it, you know, it's not a crazy amount of money, but it's enough that you know I, I took myself seriously. Like I said, okay, enough is enough. Like. I've had enough of this result. Let me change the result. Something's got to change. You know what I'm saying? I, I definitely know what you're saying. The, yeah. the two things that, that have been interesting for me, I, I do a lot of these challenges about things I want to work on. The biggest, I would say the most interesting thing about it is just anything that you're thinking of improving to some extent, start it now. Literally mm. while you're listening to us in your earlobes. Because <laughs> a lot of times I'll say, oh, well, I can work on that next month or you know, I wanted to try doing vegetarian. That's like, oh, okay, next month or in the future, I'll try vegetarian. I was like, all right, tomorrow, mm -hmm. I'm just not going to eat meat all day. And it's a lot more accessible and doable. And, and it's easier just to see if it's something that benefits you or not right away. And mm -hmm. so I like doing experiments and doing them right away. And then after a week to, you know, seven to 30 days, I see if I want to incorporate them in my life or if I want to exclude them, like they don't help me. So I experimented with 5am uh, waking up and I did it for 60 days and it was great. And I'm just trying to figure out what's the right cadence of doing that because it's not necessarily just about waking up at five. It's that, you know, how do I get my day to be as optimal or as effective for fulfillment as possible? Right. And so, it's just, you know, try things out, experiment and see what works for you, not what, what works for me is going to work for everyone else and same for you. Yeah. You know, a lot of people listening to this that, that know you and have followed you, Noah, I feel like I feel like a lot of people think this guy is so like special right and i mean you are special oh, you know Dan no, oh, Daniel. You, you are you are special but like i kind of want to paint the picture <laughs> to people that it makes it real like like how many how many products have you launched yeah so special what i just want to highlight with that is that yeah. everyone is special and everyone thinks their problems are unique and that's something that i'm even trying to get better at i always think that my problems are the biggest in the earth so i, I was having an argument with my business partner and i called a friend and i said andrew me and Chad aren't getting along and I, you know, I'm whining to him. <laughs> and so I've actually been working on a no, no whining month. This month I'm doing my best not to whine or complain, which as a Jew, you know, Daniel, that's like our natural skill. <laughs> uh, and so I called Andrew and I'm like this and that. And then Andrew said, you know, I'm having some issues with my girlfriend. And I was like, man, other people have issues too. And I think that's something I'm trying to work on that. We're all, we all are going through stuff and we're all trying to mm -hmm. accomplish things we want in life. Uh, and just being a little bit more aware of that. Uh, to the business thing with being, you know, launching products, I, I do all the time. I've done literally things like all the time that aren't successful. Uh, things I've launched in general, like from when I was in college, I launched like a discount card business. Mm -hmm. I launched a Craigslist for students. Uh, I did consulting for small businesses. And I mean, I've just continually done things that failed over mm -hmm. and over. <laughs> uh, and, and it's kind of like a comedian. And this is something I think about. And what most people don't want to do to be successful and however they define that is that they don't want to persist through the hard time. Right. That, you know, in, in marathon running, they call it the, the wall, which is mile 20, where your legs don't move. Yeah. And it's literally a determination and a mental mindset where you have to push through that wall 
to finish the race. And then it's the same in business where it's literally in, inevitable that something's not going to work. So how many, I mean, but, like of all the businesses, how many, what would you say is a percentage of businesses that failed? Well, uh, just one thing I want to caveat. So I was yeah. talking about comedians. You only see the jokes that are funny. They don't, you don't see the 80% that they don't tell you. Right. Right. That, the ones that they've yeah. written, but they've never heard on stage because they've perfected it and practiced it and mm-hmm. practiced it and practiced it. Uh, I've actually calculated in terms of A-B tests, which we've done in our business, which around 80% of them don't work, mm-hmm. meaning that 80% of the things we try don't work. And I mean, of the businesses that I've personally created, you know, four or five have made seven figures and now we're an eight-figure company. Mm-hmm. But I've probably launched around 20 that haven't done anything. And I have probably right. had a bunch more ideas that never did anything. I think what right. most people are doing incorrectly is they have an idea that they're excited about. They do it for a month. It doesn't go as well as they want. And then they give up and go back. And I do think there's something there where if you kind of come in with the uh, walk the plank technique, which is <laughs> basically there is no way going back. You are going to make this work. I've actually seen people that I'm, I for sure would bet against them. And I for sure thought their business would suck. <laughs> but because they walked the plank and they said, I'm going to make this work, even if their original idea doesn't work, they just keep at it and at it and at it. And eventually it starts working. And so, yeah, I mean, the point is not that I'm better than anyone or it's just more I keep going and going. I always joke. And th- no one likes this joke, but I joke I'm like Al-Qaeda where you just oh can't God. stop them. <laughs> I mean, or like ISIS. Like, I'm not, I don't think I want to be a terrorist at all. That's not my interest. But I just keep going. I hope and I, have the, I just have this mindset that I'm like, no matter what, I'm going to keep going. So if there's I mean, a bad day, which we've had some bad days at Sumo, mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, well, you're not going to stop me. And it, it, it's not that I think I'm so much greater than anybody. I'm just like, I just think I'm not going to stop. And how, just how having long, that mentality. Excuse how me. long do you, do, do you give a business before you like take it behind the barn and shoot it? <laughs> I don't know why it has to be killed. Everything it else, the business be. is killing it. No, it has oh, to be killed. Just it has to be killed. <laughs> yeah. Well, so... Let me go through specific examples and I can walk you through things. Yeah. So I started a business as an example called Sumo Gum. Just to show people, I, I wanted a gum that <laughs> oh had caffeine God. in it. And I didn't think there was any good on the market. And I just like showing people how to start a business so they, they can do it themselves too. Mm-hmm. And it's fun. So I started it and I got people buying it. And then I had a friend make it. She actually went on Amazon and bought a gum making kit. And we started selling it. And I thought, is this one I want to work on for the next one year? And realistically, like even Sumo now, it's a, a pretty you know, sizable company. It's mm-hmm. taken me seven years and I, and it's good and bad. Sometimes not knowing how long something's going to take is helpful yeah. because if you know it's going to take so long, you're like, I don't want to commit to that, exactly. which can be good and bad. So right. the sumo gum, I said, I don't want to work on this for a year. It's not something I'm excited about. Now, let me contrast that. So I stopped it after three weeks. I felt, oh, well, people are going to not like me that I stopped. I'm like, dude, I don't want to work on it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that people have to really understand and really take time to reflect on, which is what do you really want? Someone messaged me today about it, and I'll tell you another business, but someone messaged me today and said, no, everyone wants me to do this, and they expect me to do that. And all I replied to them with was, what do you really want? And the more that people can have that clarity, and I'm still working on that myself, the more that you can have that clarity about what you really want, it's very easy to get it. Hmm. And I like working on new projects. I like doing marketing, and I want to do something I want to work on for the next you know, five to seven to 15 to 20 years. So Sumo is one of them. And another one that's a recent example, you ask about, do I want to put it behind the barn or not? <laughs> is a Chrome extension, and it's called really? Leo.io. Uh, okay. L e o h dot i o. It's a Google Chrome extension, and it's basically a productivity dashboard. So it shows me my calendar, my to dos, and it gives me some Zen mode, so I can take time out to to relax. Mm-hmm. And I just love working on it. And even if it doesn't ever make money, even if people don't really use it, I'm using it. 
and that really excites me and it gives me a lot of motivation to want to keep going and improve it. And I've noticed that for myself where I've started businesses that are really just opportunistic, meaning I've read a blog post about how Daniel started an affiliate site and he made money or someone launched a product with an email list and they made money. And one, it's never as easy as it sounds. <laughs> it's always harder than it sounds. Every time I read yep. a blog post and I've copied those people and it, yeah. it didn't work out, I'm like, well, it worked for them. What the hell? Or Noah yeah. said it worked for him. <laughs> yeah. It's always, it, uh, grass is greener for sure. It always sounds easier than it is. And right. in opportunistic businesses, they always end up failing. Uh, they, you, when they end up failing or going through that wall or going through that hard part, it's much easier to quit. So for Leo, there's no quitting because I just want to keep working on it. And I'm, and I think the, the, the exact question you can ask yourself about what you want to work on is what would you work on for free? Right. Regardless of getting paid, what would you want to work on for free? So Leo is one of those helping sumo with certain things is one of those mm-hmm. doing my YouTube videos, Noah Kagan uh, on YouTube. I just love doing it. I don't, I'm not getting paid for it at all. I'm not promoting things. I'm not selling courses or anything. Right. I just your love podca- your podcast sure. show as well. Right. Yeah, the podcast. There's, I've gotten emails for sponsors, and and I appreciate it. I'm not trying to act like I have so much money that I I don't want more, mm-hmm. but I'm not doing it to make money. I'm just I really love connecting and sharing stories and promoting people. And and my podcast, the Noah Kagan Presents podcast, gives me that platform to do that. And so I think everyone should be at those levels with e- either as a part of a company or trying to run your own company. I'm I'm indifferent to that. It's just making sure you're doing the things you want to do. Right. How how long does it usually take you to go from let's say you have an idea? And then to like get it to market, like how long do you normally take? Yeah, I won't spend more than a week seeing if it's a real business or not. And that applies for any single business I've ever done. Mm-hmm. Most people, what they do is they make excuses. And I 100% know this. They'll say, well, <laughs> I need to see if I need to get the designer and then I need to get this and then I need to get this. And it's this conditional business that never gets started. <laughs> and m- most of the time what they're doing is playing business. Mm-hmm. And for myself, it's not that I don't think you should invest in quality and invest time and make it amazing. But I do think that everyone should see if it's something that the market wants. And if the market doesn't want it, perfect. What do they want? So here's an example. Everyone will be like, oh, wow, that's, I didn't really think of it that way. Let's take Tesla. Everyone is now mostly aware of them. Yep. Tesla does the same strategy just at a very large scale. So when they launch their Model 3 or they just launched their power bar thingy, whatever it's called. It sounds like a protein bar. Yeah. <laughs> what, what they do is they say, hey, if you want this, buy it. And then they get a billion dollars in pre-sales or hundreds of millions in pre-sales and then mm-hmm. they go make it. And that's what I encourage everyone to do if they're thinking about running a business. How can you go see if people want what you're proposing? And if they want it, perfect. Uh, what 95% of people do is they go make something and it's easy to sit behind your computer. It's easy to sit on your ass and hope people want it uh, versus go, the 5% who go out, make sure people want it, and then they go deliver it. Hmm. And I, I just do that within a very short period of time with very little money as possible. And if you, you're spending over a week, you're spending too much time. And if you're spending even any money, frankly, you're spending too much money. And the reason I do that is because I've started betarcade.com. I started collegeup.org. I started all these sites that I spent a lot of money, I spent a lot of time, and then when it was time to go get customers and see if the market wanted it, they didn't. And I was like, mm. well, fuck, man, how do I figure this out? Or how do I do this in a way that, you know, time is my most precious resource. It's everyone's. So I want to protect that as much as possible. And so, so that, what, that's kind of led me to the model of, I just go and see if I can get anyone to, to use it as a customer uh-huh. and make sure it's a business. And then I'll go see about scaling it out and, and growing the business. Right, so you mentioned that you can do it in a week with with pretty much no money, right? Can you yeah. can you walk us through that? Like, how would you do that? So let's say you had an idea today, 
Okay. Yeah. You give yourself a week. What would you do to, to, to find out whether people would want it or not? Totally. I think a lot of people at this point would give up some like fluffy theory bullshit, which I'm not <laughs> interested in. I'll give you a concrete example. Okay. So here's an idea if someone wants to do it out there. A lot of times for business ideas, I just think of problems I have. And everyone, if you took the, literally 24 hours in your day and you just went, you document your day, you'll probably notice three to four things that you're, you'd want to improve. Maybe it, it was yeah. really sucky to do insurance or figuring out what book to read next was hard or right. what movie to, what dinner to cook or where you want to go. And that's really how I come up with most of my business ideas. I just think, what do I really need? And then right. it makes it exciting for me to solve that. So one idea that I've had consistently and I want someone to solve it, and then I'll show you how you could solve it, is when I'm traveling, I travel about once or twice a month, I always struggle with what to pack. <laughs> do you ever have that problem? And you're a guy. <laughs> no, I literally, I, dude, that's funny you say that. I am a, <laughs> yes, I, I have a penis and I am a man. And it still takes, it takes 15 to 30 minutes and it's a lot of brain energy Yeah. that I don't, you know, energy is, you know, energy time. is almost as important as time because if yeah. you don't have a lot of energy, you can't do anything. And yeah. I don't want to use my mental energy on packing or thinking about what to pack. Right. And so I would like to tell someone or they even can see my calendar. For example, this weekend I'm going to a lake house and I would like them to say, all right, you're going to lake house. I'll check the weather. What activities you're going to do, Noah? Okay, cool. Here's the things. Just here's your checklist. Just go get these things for your bag. Mm -hmm. And it's like if I could pay two to five bucks, I would have no problem doing that. And it would just make my life easier. Same thing with camping. So here's another example of it. It's so two things. This that's the business proposition. So that's the idea. Just give me yep. a list of packing. So how would I validate it? Right. That's the most important thing. I would probably what I would do is just reach out to friends I know who travel and say, hey, you're traveling. Where's the next time you're going somewhere? Blah. Can I either, and if you're uncomfortable, just do it for free. So, hey, mm -hmm. for free, can I give you a packing list? If you're a little more aggressive, and what I prefer is just reach out to friends that you know travel a lot, and then just say, hey, for five bucks, can I give you a packing list? Right. And what you'll find out is either A, no one will do it for free if you're uncomfortable, and or B, no one will pay you for it. And those two situations are great because then you could say, well, is there, find out something else that they will pay for. Hey, do you ever figure out, have a trouble with luggage? Do you, have a, do you have trouble with which clothes to buy? Do you have trouble with maybe what to make for dinner? And then mm -hmm. you could find things that they are spending money on versus something that they didn't. So, you know, I could have spent a month building a packing list optimized website that no one wanted. <laughs> right. And but you, but that I generally encourage people to do it manually and then use software and technology to automate it. The, the second thing is that you can also find, you know, something else that they may want. Okay, maybe it is those other things and that's a great opportunity too because I didn't have to spend a bunch of money and time making my packing list stuff that I wanted, but no one else really wants. But these are your friends. So obviously, you know, friends are kind of going to support you and say, oh yeah, I'd, I'd buy that. But like, okay, fine. So 10 of your best friends would buy it from you. But how do you know that the market, is, and how do you know how big the market is? So two things. One, if you ask your friends for money, you'll be surprised at who will actually give you money. Money is truth. Okay. People will say, I don't, I've gone through enough business in about 17 years to know that unless you get the money, it's, it's bullshit. Yeah. Unless you get the money, it's bullshit. You've got to get the money. And most of your friends won't actually give you money for things. You'll be surprised. And <laughs> what I don't understand is why do people go to strange, well, I do understand this. Most people understand <laughs> this, they go to strangers because when they get rejected, they can easily be excused from trying to improve. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because their stranger doesn't know them. Okay, fine. This person didn't click on an ad to go to a landing page to do a thing. And it's like they're making it so much harder. So why not utilize the assets you already have? And I'll repeat myself because I think it's important. 
in business, think about how can you utilize the assets and relationships that you already have. And instead, people try to start from the beginning. Oh, let me just go find random people that, of course, if they'll, they're way more likely to give me money than some of my friends or people I know in my network. Mm-hmm. And I've gone through a lot of businesses when I started that most of my friends didn't actually give me money. <laughs> and <laughs> it's interesting. So to your other part of your question about market size, I generally find that to be something not as important to think about. And I think it's distracting for a lot of people. Okay. Meaning that most businesses that got started didn't think about how large they were going to be. They were just solving a really interesting problem. And then they evolve it. So Google didn't say, hey, we're going to create Gmail and cars and YouTube and all this other shit. They just said, hey, can we try to find research papers a lot more interesting for our PhD thesis? They hmm. weren't thinking t- their TAM total available market. Right. Same with Facebook. Same with Mark a lot Zuckerberg, of these companies. Right. And, and let me just caveat this because a lot of people are thinking, well, no, this is just your opinion. And I'm, I'm telling you what works for me. Mm-hmm. And the easy analogy about this is that let's say you want to go somewhere. You want to go to Mexico. Yeah, that's your destination. And there are many ways to get to Mexico. You can you know, swim the rivers. I guess a lot of people do that. <laughs> you can take a plane. You could bike ride. You could drive. I'm only telling you my, prefer, my preferred way of doing it after you know, doing, running businesses uh, and failing and succeeding numerous times. Right. So I, don't, I think total market kind of threatens, not threatens, but it, it gets you psyched out from it. Oh, this is not big enough. And I'm like, there's a lot more people in the world than you think. So we're talking, about, we're talking about somebody who basically doesn't have any following, doesn't have a, a massive network, um, but you've yeah. built yourself now like over 700,000 emails. So you could literally just shoot, it, shoot out one email and you will know like pff, within an hour whether you've got a business, right, a product. How do you, because there's a saying that goes, you know, the money is in the list, right? We've all heard that before. So, you know, how do you, how do you start building that? Like, what would you do, for example, tomorrow morning if, oops, your whole list was gone, like someone took it and deleted it and you've got no more people on your email list? Like, what would you do? So I do hear that. And I, I think it's, it's very assumptive. I don't even know that's okay. a real word. I mean, I think I it up. <laughs> assumptive? But, yeah, totally real word. Assumptuous, no, so I think. Assumptuous. Excuse me, Daniel. Um, <laughs> so I we've emailed at AppSumo.com, our group on for geeks, uh, the daily deals yeah. or yeah, daily deals website. And we've emailed a lot of products that no one ever bought. So I actually think people shouldn't be worried about how many people they can get on their list. They should literally just be working, how can I get quality people on my list? Okay. And it's not even a mailing list, the only reason it's so important is that when you're trying to start a business, if you can already have potential customers, it makes your life a million times easier. Yeah. So for anyone out there who said, I don't have a list or my, it's like, all right, we'll start right now. And to get a mailing list, you don't need to really even have a website. You probably have a mailing list of people that are your favorites on your phone. Right. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. Kind of interesting. You have That's favorites true. on your phone. You have Facebook. Yeah. You have Facebook. You have LinkedIn. Literally every person out there, even someone in Des Moines, Iowa, who says, well, I don't <laughs> have a bunch of rich friends. You mm-hmm. have other friends out there. Here's a business that everyone can start. If you don't have a list, go hit up your friends and say, hey, give me all your junk and I'm going to sell it on eBay or Amazon or Craigslist. And I've been telling everyone to do this business because I want someone to sell my junk and they'll make <laughs> money and I'll get rid of my shit. And <laughs> that, the, the point there is that, so you start with that and then you're like, oh my God, this is something huge. How do I make it easier? How can I add, enable technology so I can scale that as a business? And that's mm-hmm. where then I start figuring out how do I go to the next and next levels or next layers of growth. In starting an email list, number one, just look at your network. Like go to your people you already have. Everyone's always trying to find new ones. Just you already have more people. Number two, ask all your people you have for a recommendation. Hey, who's one person that you think 
should probably listen to me or join my newsletter or whatever mm-hmm. kind of mailing list you have. Yeah. Most yeah, people no. have not. One thing that I've noticed from marketing is m- most people have not even come close to tapping out what they already have available. Every time right. I'll ask someone, oh, have you hit up everyone on LinkedIn? They'll say, well, you know, I hit up a few. I'm like, have you hit up every single person? Have you gone through every single person? Yeah, not yet. Like, exactly. <laughs> and yeah. it's one of these things where I, a lot of people want to know the scalable, oh, how do I do the Facebook ads? How do I get content marketing? How do I get this YouTube? And in reality, for most beginners, it's just actually looking what's already around you. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, that's I mean, kind of the easiest way to get going. Yeah, perfect example is I, I recently launched a company called Get Featured. And, you know, instead of putting up a website and coming up with a logo and coming up with a brand and all that other stuff and like coming up with a sales funnel and all that, I literally just went into my network on Facebook and I went down all the people who I thought would be, you know, a good fit for a client. And I said, hey, I've got this new, you know, service. Uh, would you like to jump on a, on a call, you know, on Skype? And then I would schedule them in and literally we closed our first 10 clients in the first week. Um, And that's, and we didn't have a website. We didn't have anything. And I feel like, I feel like people build websites and, 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 you know, logos and all this fancy stuff because I I think they're just scared. I, I really think that's, that's what it is. It's like, I'm just scared. Procrastination is just like another word for, Oh my god, I'm so I'm so scared to do this. Because once you go out and do it, then, you know, if you like people are scared to fail, people are scared of the rejection, right? If you hide behind a website, you hide behind an email list, then you don't get hurt. But if you pick up the phone and you and you try to, you know, offer someone something and they say no, you feel like, "Oh, you know." Yeah, I think it's easy to say. It. It's kind of one of these things when rich people talk about having money like oh yeah money's not that important and it's because they have money i'm like you're fucking rich dude that's why it's easy for you not to bitch about it because you're not broke right and so the the two things that i I would just you know add uh add sideways or add on on top of what you're saying and agree in addition to is that a lot of people maybe they've already gotten some success like well i'm already past this i'm already above this Mm -hmm. and i think a few things are there with that so one that's where you start losing when you start getting comfortable you start losing when you start getting, oh, I don't need to check out this new thing. I don't need to do that anymore. And mm-hmm. that's generally when you start losing. So even as you get to higher levels, it says, well, what's my next level of growth look like? What's my next thing that I would be a little uncomfortable about so that you can grow? Growth doesn't come through, like growth does not come through doing the same things. Mediocrity does. Right. So growth comes from doing new things and experiencing discomfort. Mm-hmm. And the second thing is for people out there, for everyone, beginning, small, medium, large, tiny, whatever, wherever you are in your, your stage of life, it's how do I practice that muscle of growth? And what does that mean? How do you practice discomfort? And how can you encourage yourself to go fail and challenge yourself so that you can see how much more you can do or what you're capable of? So a few examples of that are thinking about what challenges can you enact in your life today that would be a little uncomfortable for you to grow. Here's a few specific ones. Mm-hmm. One of the one, my famous ones is coffee challenge. And mm-hmm. what this is is you go to a coffee store anywhere in the world or tea or wherever you get food. <laughs> And the next time you're there, do it today. Mm-hmm. Next time you're there, ask for 10% off. And they'll, <laughs> they might reject you. They might give it to you. And the point is not about the discount. The point is that you're getting un- uncomfortable asking for something. Right. And, so as, and then they say yes or no. It was kind of regardless. But you get, you get comfortable. You build the muscle of discomfort. You build that muscle of growth so that when you're growing a business and you have to ask for things, it's much easier. 
Mm-hmm. So when I'm asking for someone to give me money, when I'm asking for someone to do a favor, I've already practiced failure and discomfort and asking for things. So that becomes easy. Or mm-hmm. another example for me, I mean, the hundred dollar thing was one I gave earlier. Another one I'm doing now is no complaining. So not, there's not a monetary punishment, but it's like, all right, challenge myself not to complain. Right. And even on a personal level, I did mountain biking <laughs> and I wanted to do a jump. So on my bucket list for the year was to clear this one jump. And so I've spent days and hours practicing it. And frankly, I, you know, building up the muscle, building the muscle, eventually I finally cleared it. I, you know, I ended up falling uh, an hour later on an easy thing, but oh my God. I spent a lot of time working on the thing I wanted. And over time, I ended up getting it. Have you heard of the elevator challenge? No, what's that? You know, when you walk into an elevator <laughs> and like everybody starts staring at their phone or staring at the ceiling, it's amazing how interesting the floor or the ceiling of an elevator is to people. Like suddenly when everybody comes in they start like looking at how many lights there are in the elevator so the one way to sort of get out of this awkwardness is to walk in and just be like oh sorry i'm late for the meeting guys you know something like that just to kind of you know break the the awkwardness uh so i had a guy called anil gupta on my show and that's that's the experiment that he that he does just kind of walks in Sorry, i'm late for the meeting guys yeah get in get in an elevator so guys, guys, guys listening to this, get in an elevator and just say something like make an announcement, like break the ice. Or when you're going into a coffee shop, just ask for 10%. Basically, just don't be afraid to, to ask for things and don't be, don't be afraid of failure or, or being rejected. Like here's the thing. And this is the secret, I think, is that people are so concerned about themselves. They don't really have time to think about you, you know? So everybody's so concerned about point. what everybody else thinks, but like that's what they're thinking, right? So if you could just picture people with like a big sticker on their forehead saying, I care about me, I don't have time to think about you, then it would just be like, oh, okay, right? And people crave like authenticity. People just want real people. They don't They don't care for these guys standing in front of like Lamborghinis and big mansions and, oh, look at my hot wife. Like no one really cares about that they, they care about genuine people and and the world is unfortunately filled with like fake filters like nobody wants that even though people think they want that and this is the weird thing is that they everybody knows deep down inside that that's what they want but for some reason we all kind of like play that game you know what i mean yeah what's something that you're working what's a challenge that you can do for growth or something that you'd be uncomfortable doing Oh God! What? No, you're putting me on the spot here on my own podcast. Exactly. Show. What the hell? I know. <sighs> I I need to. I I've got a book that I've been wanting to write for ten years. It's been literally. I've been pregnant with it. I like have pains. You know, I want to give birth to it, but I'm just so freaking scared to, to like publish it because I, I just want it to be perfect. You know. Um. So I need to get it out. That that's the that's the one thing that I'm I keep like beating my head against the wall about the the book get the bloody book out there so when are you what's the <laughs> what's the time frame or something that will help encourage you to get this done so what i found from oh, from, from finalizing things is two things one having a deadline i think most people don't actually have a clear vision of what they want to when it, they want it to end <laughs> and then secondly some accountability so if you don't do it or you you know you have someone to check in with that's what i have on a lot of different business things but ultimately also someone to hold you accountable if you're not following through with something mm-hmm <laughs> So you want a deadline. Exactly. <sighs> All right, my wife's birthday. When is that? April 10th. 
And then what happens if you don't get it done by then? Oh, crap. <laughs> oh, I don't know. What, what, <laughs> what, do you, what do you think? It has to be something painful for you. I generally find punishment Uh-oh. is a good motivator. So either you have to fly me first class to Israel. That would be pretty <laughs> cool, actually. <laughs> April 10th book. Um, if I don't do it, then... Or something for uh, your audience. Could you do something for your audience? would be nice. Well, what can I do for my audience? But then they're going to they're gonna want me to fail. I don't want them to want exactly. me to fail. That's the point. It's got to be something that you're like, oh, shit, I got to do this. Right. <sighs> I don't know. I have to think about it. I'll tell you what, when I come up, when, we, when I come up with something, I'll put it in the show notes. So it'll be out there. Perfect. Yeah. Guys, go check out the show notes at danielgeffen.com forward slash 83 to find out what I chose to be my punishment. Noah, also, uh, how can my guests, uh, you know, follow you? How can they find you? Yeah, if they want to learn more about the companies that I help run there's sumo.com, which is to grow your email list for people out there. Sumo.com. We have the daily deals website, appsumo.com, app sumo, which is a group on for geeks. Yep. And then for me on the personal side, Noah Kagan presents podcast or okdork.com. Either one of those is a, is a good way to check more of me out. Cool. And a good friend of mine called Nahum Kligman, he like literally begged me, he begged me, Noah, to, to mention his company, Book Like a Boss, who just did a deal with sumo.com. So guys, look out for that deal on sumo.com. It's Book Like a Boss. Noah, uh, thank you so much for letting me pick your brain. And uh, thank you to all my fellow brain pickers. I'm looking forward to the day when I'll be picking your brain. You've been listening to the Can I Pick Your Brain podcast. Inspiration without perspiration is like a tiger without teeth. So to put these ideas into action, head over to danielgeffen.com.